are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Okay, greetings one and all, and um, welcome back to another podcast with Amoda Ma and myself, Kali. Hello, Amoda. Hello, Kali. So, for the first podcast of 2024... We're going to talk a bit about something that's been arising via a few questions from from people recently. As some of you may know, um, we offer every year and have done for the past three or four years our seminal program, a three-month exploration into what it means to I don't even know how to explain it, Amoda. Uh, well, I don't want to give it too much of a title. Uh, needless to say, it's had a couple of titles, and one of them is A Revolution of Love, and this year's, I think we're calling it Walking in the World as a Warrior of Love. So you can get the idea of what we're, kind of, what we're talking about. And we're going to explore it a bit, and the reason for that is that we've had you know, quite a few people saying, what does it mean? What is a revolution of love? Revolution is a hot word. What is a revolution of love? What does it mean to walk in the world as a warrior of love? What are these qualities? So I thought it would be a good idea to to uh, dive in and explore this these these themes a little bit, particularly because you know I don't know you know there's a sense around that the turbulence of the world is increasing, and I think we can probably say that 2024 this year is going to be a quite an important year so you know this 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 whole conversation is very relevant so i think that's enough to 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 open up this conversation let me start amoda what is a revolution of love what does it mean to walk in the world as a warrior of love and why is it important now A revolution of love, um, it's good to explore these uh, terms and how they're being used in the context of what we speak about and what we offer uh, in service to um, individuals uh, on on the path of awakening. Um, Revolution has nothing to do with uh, fighting the establishment in a conventional sense. The word, uh, I've used it for many, 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 many years because um, through my own awakening, I experienced the shift in consciousness, the absolute transformation of consciousness as revolutionary in the sense of it being a complete turnaround, uh, a completely new paradigm. So it's not about being against anything. Um, although there is a, a certain um, truth to that as well, in that it is uh, 
<laughs> different to the establishment in the sense that it's different, a different paradigm of consciousness to the established uh, paradigm of consciousness, which is the ego consciousness. That's really what it's referring to, the inner revolution. Uh, the inner revolution of consciousness is a complete turnaround in the way that we see things, in the way we relate to things, in the way that we uh, operate in the world, um, so that it's really freedom from the egoic prison, freedom from the egoic identity. And in that sense, it's revolutionary, it's radical. Um because it does change everything. So from, if you like, relating to the world, operating in the world as a separate me, and a separate me is either defending or attacking in order to preserve the identity or the comfort, imaginary comfort or imaginary safety of the me, and therefore the 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 ego identity thrives on opposition it thrives on comparison it thrives on one upmanship it also thrives on victimhood victim identity this is the established state of consciousness the majority mass state of consciousness we could call it unconsciousness um so here we're talking about a revolution uh an internal revolution, which is really what awakening out of me identity, out of ego identity really is. Um, why is it a revolution of love? Mm. Because that, that fundamental shift internally in the way that we see things, in the way that we are, in the, you know, where, where we are rooted within ourselves is is a shift from separation to oneness is a shift from fear to love it's a frequency of love it it's it's a it's a new kind of frequency field that is essentially love love we can explore what that means but <laughs> essentially it means the open field of presence, the open field of intimacy with what is, the open field of non-violence, the open field of inner silence. All this gives birth to love, gives birth to the frequency of love within ourselves. Um, so I guess that's what it's referring to. In a, in a nutshell, it, it, why? What? What about the kind of turbulence? Is this? A, is it? Is, is it important? I think we should open open it up a little bit, uh, as you said, of kind of dive into a little bit more of what is meant really by love. But why is the turbulence of the world, I talked about it at the intro a little bit, is it, a, is it, is now important? Is it, is there an urgency? Well, now is important because turbulence is a catalyst for that inner revolution. Turbulence 
um, whether it's turbulence in our own personal lives or on a more, you know, worldly level, um, is is exactly the the place where we can either go further into unconsciousness and uh, give our allegiance unconsciously more and more to fear, to victimhood, to opposition, to uh, side-taking, position-taking, uh, to uh, a kind of separation consciousness, me against you, me against them, them against me, and so on. And and that simply perpetuates that uh, unconsciousness, that, that paradigm. Or in the midst of that turbulence, something shifts. We turn our allegiance to something different, to something uh, perhaps that we've had a taste of but have never really fully given ourselves to. To. What we're really talking about here is the commitment to truth, not ideological truth, not even philosophical truth, but the truth of our being nature, the truth of what is here beneath and beyond all risings and fallings of thought, all risings and fallings of emotion, all rising and falling of narratives, all rising and falling of empires. It's really being rooted in our being nature, which is not passive necessarily. It is not uh, uh, sticking its head in the sand in any way. It is a great strength. It's spiritual resilience and spiritual maturity. So we are talking about awakening out of the egoic paradigm but we are, if you like, uh, including or embracing the world that we live in, our personal world, our relationships, our different aspects of our lives, and the world, the experience of the world, which is mostly fear-based these days and very turbulent. We, we embracing that as an opportunity as a very profound and potent opportunity to turn our attention, to turn our allegiance, even in the midst of that, to the beingness, the open awareness, which is the same as the open presence that is always here, beneath, beyond, behind everything that appears as part of the phenomenal world. So it's not an awakening that takes us out into the mountaintop, the pristine clarity of mountaintop. It's finding that pristine clarity within us in the midst of whatever turbulence is going on. This is awakening. What else, what, what else could it be? But it's, um, you know, we, 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 we speak of the warrior of love because it's exactly during these times of challenge, again, in our personal lives, uh, a tragedy that happens, a loss, something very unexpected. Uh, uh, and during these collective times of tragedy, loss, unexpected occurrences, that we can 
we are called to develop our spiritual resilience. We are called to develop our spiritual maturity. And this is work, inner work that we can do and recognize within ourselves that which is ever present, yeah, within all that changes. And in this way, we start to become, uh, let's call it frequency holders, <laughs> frequency holders of love, not fear, to put it simplistically, although it is profound in its simplicity. The, uh, excuse me, the, um, there's a definite observed, <clears throat> at least from this, this place, intensification. This isn't so much a question. This is more just an observation, really, that there is an intensification uh, taking place, happening in the, in, in the world of the politic, in the world of the environment, in the world of the collective, you know, and that seems to be being reflected very much in a lot of the intensification of individuals where individuals who, who have a little bit of a door open to the spiritual world but maybe have only gone so far with it to, at a certain point, are now being called to open up the door even more. I think I, I I do see that that's happening, and that's where the where the you know deepest invitation is. You know, for people, because it is quite a you know you talk we 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 you maybe and me and in a sense can talk about the the revolution a revolution a turning let's call it. In 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 some way, as though it's a, a sort of easy thing, but it's not so easy. This is a a, a sort of <laughs> little dance we have before. here. Yes, a little <laughs> dance that we have here. Um, if I may say, you, Kavi, like to emphasise the challenges of it. Uh, and therefore, the digging deep within oneself uh, to that's overcome because I've it. experienced yeah. that. Yeah, and I, I, I like to emphasise, and it's a little bit of both. Um, it's a very fine line. I, I like to emphasise the possibility of it being much closer than anyone can imagine, than you can imagine, and that if we if we emphasize the difficulty of it, then why bother at all? Um, and I'm not saying it's easy just like that, you know, some magical thinking or some fantasy world. I'm simply saying the invitation, and I know through my experience, that even though it's a long road on, in terms of a, a lifetime of working through this and that, we're not, we're not offering that. I, yeah, whatever self-development is going on, whatever anyone's journey, wherever anyone's at, the possibility is in this moment to stop, to stop and be still, to be still inside, to recognize that which is true. And to me, that is the closest, most intimate reality there is. And it may well be that I'm speaking, if you like, from this side of the fence, but I can tell you there actually is no fence. It's all in the, in the belief system and the, 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 
identity, yeah? And, and that's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for, is to okay. invite individuals to the possibility that it's right here available. And yes, we have to revisit. And yes, we have to point. And yes, we have to invite. And yes, we have to explore and inquire into what stands in the way of this very fine veil between yeah. <laughs> fear, ego, separation, limitation, and falling into openness, because that's what it is. So okay. here we dance in our yeah. I've got I've got the I've got the answer to 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 this conundrum which seems to come up between us, the frisson, uh, you know, regularly actually, you know, and uh, and it's funny because when you talk about it as being a hair's breadth away, you know, more intimate than than the breath itself, you know, this is exactly what I talk about in my poetry. So I don't in my poetry wax lyrical about, oh, the challenge, oh, the difficulty, oh, why bother? It's very much the the opposite thing, and 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 the other thing that I'd I'd like to say is that you know since I did all all of my work, which was hard work, and I, there was no destination in mind back many many years ago, without any knowledge of any of this stuff at all, things have changed very much, and there is very much more of a field these days, a collective field, not a forced field, you know, forced field or or anything like that, but actually just the the, the fact that so many people, the fact that things are breaking in some kind of way, that things are breaking open in a certain way, and there are so many more people pursuing, you know, seeking liberation from egoic suffering, you know, that that actually does, I truly believe, you know, bring it closer in the way that you're describing. You know, I, 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 I also just I, don't, don't like the idea of, of, which is suggested in some ways on social media that there's a panacea and it's like you know, magical thinking kind of stuff. So I like absolutely people to be not. aware it's... of the, of the <laughs> facts of the matter. Absolutely not. There's no formula or promise of, you know, immediate, uh, whatever we call it, salvation, mm. enlightenment. It is an exploration and each individual takes responsibility yes. for that. But it can be supported and it can be invited more and more because it's not invited in the world, in the conventional world. You know, the paradigm has to be invited there, somewhere, yeah. Yes, supports yeah. the matrix field of opinion, position-taking, division, identity, uh, and so on and so on. And and so that goes on and on in the world, uh, uh, the ultimate expression being war, war and violence. Uh, whether we experience a certain kind of war and violence in our, uh, you know, closer environment in our relationships or within ourselves. That's where yeah, the war yeah, yeah. ultimately is. Um, it's it's the same war. So somewhere in this world, which is uh, what we're serving, is, is, is a new conversation or a more true conversation to ignite the, the, the commitment to discovering what is true. Again, not ideologically discovering what is true, what is always present, what is truer than anything that you think or feel or see or believe, what is more true. Yeah, Discovering what is the open frequency field of love and not, not fear, not war, not division within oneself. So it starts within. 
And these are qualities of the warrior. The warrior lives with internal integrity, with internal dignity, with internal, uh, if you like, grace even. Yeah? And, and these are qualities that we can explore and develop and support. And when we come together as a group, as a community, as a whatever it is, uh, it's an amplified field. So that's what we're really referring to. Um, and yeah. it is important during our times, and not just during at times. It's always been important, right? These there, important there have always been times. Suffering. Yes. Yeah, it's always these times. If if we're suffering, if there's psychological suffering of some kind, and we yearn for liberation, we've got to the point in our individual evolution uh, where uh, seeking um, uh, the resolution in 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 the world of. Uh, uh, form, things, uh, achievements, recognitions, identities, uh, external, you know, love that we might get from somebody and so on, have, have, are no longer fulfilling, are no longer satisfying and seem to be cyclical. Yeah, we get fulfilled and then we, we get de- disappointed, if you like, and then another cycle begins. Once we've come to that place in our own personal evolution, then we start looking within. And so the internal revolution, the internal transformation can really begin. And I think more and more people, what's different now to perhaps maybe thousands of years ago, is that there are more people coming to that point. Perhaps because the the world is more turbulent, the world is more chaotic, the world is more um, sort of uh, pulling us into uh, mm-hmm. a kind of materi- materialism, and so it's 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 like escalating, and it's no longer giving us the fulfilment, the peace, the yeah the, that we know is is more true than anything that mm-hmm. we can temporarily grasp onto. Uh, in the world of form. And so that's changed. And I think more people are ready and are, are available. And, and, and if I may add something to the pot, and of course, you know, this story, it's not a story. It was an experience, but the, the telling of the story of many, 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 many years ago, I think it was about 30 years ago now, actually, or 25 or something. I experienced a very powerful, powerful vision. This was long before awakening on my own journey. I had started some exploration, but it was the very early stages. I had a very powerful vision of the future. And it seemed, it it really was felt and known to be some future reality, or at least a possibility of, and again, this may be metaphorical, it may be literal, that I don't know, but it was a very palpable, visceral experience of the world Actually, it was burning. (laughs) The whole world was burning. In other words, it was coming undone. Something was coming undone. And I was, I, yeah, in my visionary state, yeah, in the vision, was an observer of this. And as I sat observing the whole world burning, I felt within myself a kind of choice. The choice was to go running and screaming into the drama to try and do something to save myself, to save the world or whatever. Put out the fire. Yeah. Or to remain as stillness. 
But the stillness, to remain a stillness, wasn't running away from it. I was right there. The world was burning in me. And the 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 stillness was yeah it's like such a such a delicate navigation point one can easily get pulled by a thought by a fear by a compulsion to do something to either run away to block it out to bury one's heads in the sand to avoid it to save it whatever to control it to fix it and i just remained and i remained and it was such a strong sense of the inner consciousness that is being called for and as i remained yeah and the remaining as stillness is a very soft um what should we call it uh, posi- position but very soft it's not tightly holding to stillness it's very soft yeah it's right here and in that in that remaining as that stillness as the world burnt, it transformed, and the whole uh, vista became one of light, just light. Yeah. Now, what that actually means on a literal level, I'm I'm not prophesying anything, and I'm not um, not psychic in that way, and I don't even know whether that is accurate. You know, the psychic guy, it might be. Um, but I really got a sense of what what was coming in terms of a shift in consciousness, both for myself but also collectively. And I think that's what we're experiencing now. <clears throat> oh, my dear. Which is why I speak a lot. I mean, the awakening took place years after that. And of course, then it all made sense. It all fell into place. Um, but I speak a lot about the light of being because that's what it is. And that ultimately is what matters. <laughs> you have, <clears throat> we've, we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. We've, you've, 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 shared this with me on a number of occasions and it's always had the same profound effect on me because I know you to be, you know, not just a, a teacher of awakened consciousness, but also there is a mystic quality to you and a, a, a kind of divine quality to you. And in that sense, a, a, a kind of oracular, you know, looking into, looking into the pool of, and it, it's not by design and it wasn't ever by, you know, anything that you did, but I think you, you have a, a third eye, the gift of, of, of an eye, of an eye, you know, that happens. And, um, and it's just a, a kind of part of you. And so when you spoke that to me and you've included it a few times in part of your teaching, but haven't made a meal of it because, you know, it seems it's not about that, but it, that it, that it brought me to this this delicate possibility, and it contributed very has contributed over the years very much to 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 absorbing and imbibing the fragrance of what you talk about in the teaching, which is that delicate possibility of being right here in this. And when you say there's no tightness, there is no tightness, and you know, there's no force, and the veil parts 
somehow that's, that's right. when you're speaking yes. the veil of illusion itself parts and it might seem like it's burning but that's because the light is so bright and mm -hmm. this is not spiritual isms and it's not magical thinking it's like some strange possibility some strange yeah if it's if it came to you in a vision then it's real in that sense mm. But what's Whoa. so real is this is this invitation. Let me just finish this invitation that keeps coming up through this this teaching, this work with you, and now to a certain extent through me, is this possibility of this, just this, mm -hmm. just this. And I love that because it strips away everything to just thisness. And in if we can get just in that soft, as intimate as the breath itself. As intimate as the whisper, the something is in that. There's something for us all in that. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's it itself. There's something about that. That's right. I mean, it is, it is mystical in that sense. That's a kind of uh, divine communion with the beyond, with the beyond which is so intimate. It's right here. Um what came to me as you were speaking was that uh, many years after that vision, I mean, really many years after that vision, Eckhart Tolle wrote his book, A New Earth. Well, he wrote A Power of Now first, but when A New Earth came, even after that, and I don't remember which year that was, um, well, he's talking about the same thing. He's talking about an inner transformation of consciousness from out, you know, out of the egoic paradigm and the possibility of the birth of a new earth. I mean, he doesn't go into details as to what the new earth is, but this is what we're speaking of. And that's exactly what my vision was. So it's, it's, it's interesting on that level in terms of a, you know, time frame that this really was in some ways prophetic <laughs> in the sense that the momentum of that possibility of this shift in consciousness started to emerge in the world because at the time that I experienced the vision, as far as I know, there wasn't so much of a conversation about it. Yeah? Not, not in the more mainstream. No, certainly yeah? not this close. Um, yeah. So, you more know, esoteric now, you know then, talking yeah. about shifts in consciousness and the new earth, it has really become part of the, um, I wouldn't say everyday language in the majority of people, but certainly in the field of those who are seeking or even self-development or working on themselves in some way. Um so well, it's so, it's yeah. become very no, normal yeah. language, and and I think that you know in that sense that shift is happening in that way, and the world is burning now. <laughs> I think yes, I, I mean I've actually paid, see, seen people, even some people who are a little bit, bit more feet on the ground, but actually talking about this whole fifth dimension thing about all of these shifts, which we we're not we don't touch any, any of that stuff. But I've listened and I've listened to some of those people. And even though they don't speak to awakening in the same kind of way, there is a sense of the same thing, which is the illusion of the world, the egoic matrix that's built on this collective egoism that has been running for a very long time. 
is is beginning to reach its threshold where it's either going to devour itself or or some other you know butterfly like thing is going to kind of break through and that's you know obviously the mind then grabs a hold of that and turns it into anything you know but that but throwing it out completely is also you know maybe maybe not not so fair but then we come back to you come back to just this Mm. And that's what I like about it. Mm. It doesn't mm. give the mind the opportunity to, to run right. off into the distance so that's much. Right. Yeah. That's right. It's not about envisioning a new world. It's not about, oh, what can we do? And, and there are many things we can do if if that's what calls us and moves us. Um, but that's not what we what we offer. And, and certainly this, this program is, is not about yeah. that, even though we say walking in the world. We, we really mean... <laughs> that which you're pointing that, to yeah. yeah this 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 just presence this. and openness presence and openness in all aspects of life yeah and then when yeah, what what happens in life mm. how it unfolds how it manifests yeah is really up to the individual that's not for us to say yeah but when the inner transformation takes place then that manifestation if you like the unfoldment is more likely to take place within that individual's life and each individual is a drop in the ocean. So, yeah, perhaps yes. something changes collectively in that as yeah. well. I remember um, uh, 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 a, a vision that somebody, not a vision, but uh, actually a truth, a truthful thing that somebody shared about Oxford Street at Christmas in London, which was heaving with hundreds and hundreds of people. But every year, and I heard this, and I'm never sure whether it, whether it was true, I never saw it myself, but there was this one Zen monk who used to go to Oxford Street and walk down Oxford Street like this. <laughs> was he in Oxford Street? We have no idea. He was walking, but the way he walked sort of drew some people towards him, repelled others, but it was as though he was just kind of the invisible one walking through the matrix. And that vision is endured with me, mm-hmm. you know, of this kind of peacefulness almost. Yes, equanimity, it's in the grace, world as peace. You know. yes. yes, absolutely. And uh, surely that is of. of a value in our in our lives and in the world to walk in the world as peace so let me i don't i don't i'm not going to finish quite yet because i want to read a couple of your your quotes and uh, and see where they land and you a warrior stands in the light of being always the light of being is the open awareness that is a constant throughout all risings and fallings of thought all risings and fallings of emotions, emotion, and all risings and fallings of empires. In this open awareness, love reveals itself as the true foundation of who we are, and from this love, right action arises. That's right. That's, I hope, exactly what we've been referring to. The question so, is not what should I do, <laughs> right? But uh, how can I be? <laughs> how can I be from that beingness? Right action will inevitably take place. Not right according to some ideology. Mm. Not right according to some belief system. Not right according to self righteousness. But right, because it is according to natural intelligence. 
It's not driven by the ego self, the ego self which thrives on superiority or inferiority. The ego self that survives, thrives on opposition, on comparison, on one-upmanship, on victim identity, higher than or lower than, different from, right, you're wrong, or even I'm wrong, you're right. Either way, it's a polarity, and so the ego self perpetuates itself, the identity. This that we're speaking of does not operate from that. And then right action takes place, action that is in alignment with the intelligence of the whole, the intelligence of life itself, not in conflict with the intelligence of life. The ego creates more conflict. The ego creates more division, which is exactly where we are in the world right now. It's a mass manifestation of 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 ego, of mass, e- you know, individual, I mean. yeah, collective exactly. ego. Yeah. So yeah. here we are. The world is always a reflection of 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 who we are, not in the deepest sense, but who we think we are. Yeah. It's so amazing here. how the how the the world, the ego world, has been built from in the singular. I'm, I'm me, and then another one, and then another one, and yes. another one. And if people tend to think that they're doing right and good, and some some are obviously, but coming from that divided place, particularly of righteousness, only builds upon the ego structure and the citadel. You know, mm-hmm. is is wavering. It can't mm-hmm. hold any more opinions. It can't hold any more. And and that's why this is, you know, that that statement and what you're just talking about is actually extraordinarily profound and does take me to Arjuna in the in the great battle in the Bhagavad Gita, you know, when he's faced with the conundrum of going into battle and he's tormented by that, you know, that he's going to have to potentially go and kill cousins and relations. And he calls on Krishna, who guides him through the 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 infinite universe how all things are one thing, all things are one thing, Mm -hmm. and takes him into the heart, depth of being. And from that place, he's still able to take his place in the world and still has to do what it is that he's called to do. And this is a a deep thing that, in a way, we've forgotten. We don't know it. We've lost Mm -hmm. it because we're, we're innately so, not innately, but we're so divided within can't feel that depth of what is right in, in in its truthful way. That's why I think this is very beautiful because I think I've seen and I've noticed with people who've been on that program over the years that we've done it that actually something can, oh, I get, I see, I feel it. I can feel that rightness within and that's the juice it's not what the teaching is or what it appeals to the mind, but to actually get a taste of that, that within. Mm. Mm. I'm going to keep going. I've got another one. Unless you want to add something there. No, please, please go no. ahead. Can we train to be this warrior? Yes, she said. 
The training is a gradual turning of allegiance towards the presence that is deeper than any narrative or thought, a gradual erosion of the ego self that allows us to fall open into the light of being, a gradual emergence of our true inner sovereignty. Precisely. Precisely. (laughs) Is there anything you'd like to say? So we can. There is a certain quality of trainingness to what we can do and we have yes, to be careful ag- with that again, word again we have to be careful with that word it's used as a pointer to something it's not a training in the sense of uh, amassing any uh spiritual knowledge or beliefs and so on. But it's a training in the sense that, well, it, it is because it's, it's an inner muscle. Yeah, it's an inner muscle. And I know we speak and many teachers speak, um, present day and not present day teachers of, uh, the, the, um, Grace, yeah, that there's nothing we can do to awaken. Here I am, and I speak of that. There's nothing we can do to Mm -hmm. awaken. It's not cause and effect. It's not if I do this or practice this, then I'm going to awaken. And we speak of the quality of grace. There's a ripeness that takes place. So on that level, no, we can't train to in order to awaken. What we're doing is preparing the ground because it's also magical thinking to believe that you do nothing and you go about your life completely unconsciously without any insight and without any kind of inner sort of uh, deep inquiry. And and one day, just because you want it or dream of it or read about it, awakening is going to fall on your head and, and bestow you yeah, enlightenment, uh, that's grace. No, it's not going to happen like that. There's a preparation that needs to take place, and that's what the training is. The preparation is the inquiry, the inquiry within to what am I committed to? What am I turning my allegiance to in this moment, in this moment, in this relationship, in this mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. of my life? Yeah, what, what am I giving my devotion to? in each moment. And so the training is a constant or a, a possibility of a, of a container that allows that inquiry to take place, not just one-off in one conversation, but over and over again for a period of time so that we truly come, the individuals that par- mm. participating in this so-called training are coming to their own mm. uh, turning point within where they are really devoted to Mm. that which is what we might call the light of being, the presence, the open awareness, here and here and here, come what may, in the phenomenal world. Because that's the only doorway to true salvation, to true freedom, to true peace, to true transformation on all levels for ourselves and for the world. And so the training is the preparation. It's like cooking up the chickpea in the pot. We, d- we can't make the chickpea dissolve. Yeah, we, we don't say, all right, now you're ready to dissolve. We're going to, that's it. 
You're, and the chickpea you're one doesn't with do it to itself. And the either, chickpea doesn't does decide when the right <laughs> time comes. But we prepare the pot, we cook the pot, we prepare, we give the fire to it. And then that fire finally takes mm, its own mm. li- life course within the individual. And that's when it, yeah, something starts to take place. So that's what we're doing. In that sense, it is a training. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's a yeah. training ground. It's a preparation ground. It's a it's a, it's a container, an amplified, con- safe container for cooking it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. because without looking within, because the world, the world, and the way we've been trained, everything's a training. That's called conditioning. Is to look out, to look out, to look out at what we do, what we have, what what we think we are, what we want to be, where we want to get to what we want to amass, uh, and so on and so on. So it's always in, in that direction. So now we have to undo that. We go in the other direction. We go within and ask deeper questions and look deeper. It's an existential inquiry, which some individuals can well do on their own. Uh, I did. I've been existential all my life. <laughs> I don't need to be part of a group to do that. But most people are not. They need that help. They need that support. They need that container that says, okay, now just for this period of time, we're going to look in the other direction. Yes, yes, yes. I know I'm, you know, just to wax lyrical about that, it it really has been over the last uh, three or four years that we've done this, that that actually one of the byproducts that I didn't realise in the first, you know, the first year was the relationships that actually built up through people with each other and the ability or the capacity to look out across the the universe or the i mean the world through zoom and see that other people are uh, are equally as, as as being challenged but also are equal in their commitment to themselves and to mm. this journey mm. and to the deepening and so it's sort of you know and that grows I, it's know, very encouraging. Grows, it's oh, very supportive. Really encouraging. Yes. Really, what really. Mo- many people experience, and that's what we we see, is that they feel very alone with this. Yes. Yeah. And so, so yes, this is bad, and it is valuable um, work. It's difficult enough without making too much of a point of it. It's difficult enough when you're on your own because there's no context necessarily. For sure. Yes. Yes. You know, Absolutely. and so this provides that that context, yes. and it's in, yes. and it's beautiful because there's a community that that starts to build up, and some of those couple of those few of those people have done the training one year and then another year because yes, there's because such because it's depth actually very it, different you know? each year. <laughs> we, we, although we have a structure, you know, um, with specific themes, uh, those themes have been tweaked slightly. They've evolved over the past few years and every conversation that is offered is actually fresh. Uh, oh, I'm not going to go back yeah. and there's no notes. There's no, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's taking the same theme and speaking to it yeah. and from it now of what's relevant now. And that's going to be slightly different depending on the community that we're speaking with the individuals and really what emerges in the freshness of now. So it's always slightly different. Yeah. It's always, it is always very fresh, very alive, very, mm-hmm. very true, very real. Um, okay. Uh, have you, have you said, have we introduced I, that theme? I, I, have I we think, explained it quite well? 
I have no idea whether we've explained it well. I think we've explored something. I hope it's spoken to 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 somebody um, uh, or to many. Uh, and uh, I think that's probably enough for now. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're, we've got it, of course. Um, uh, the 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 three month training program is starting in March. If you feel called, get in touch or jump on. You'll find it through Amoda's website, amodamar.com. Um, fantastic. We'd love to see you there. Um, Amoda, thank you so much. Thank you, Kavi. Okay. I'll, um, we'll see you again soon. Be well. And uh, we look forward to, to, to seeing you once again. Take care. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> Adios. Namaste. That's what it is. Adios. Namaste. <laughs> Excuse me for my stupidity He's going to add sometimes. all the variations of <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening. Okay. Lovely. Thank you. Goodbye in many languages, none of which I know. Take care. <laughs>